right? Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to, uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster second episode this week uh my name is adam taylor i'm joined by jason anderson and ben bromley as always we're all from blackandredunited.com covering dc united and uh we have a very special guest on this episode we'll be introducing or we'll be interviewing uh dc united's new general manager and head of technical recruitment and analysis lucy rushton recently hired from atlanta united um earlier this season um coming in getting settled um she she was nice enough to to call us from Atlanta where she had to to travel for for some uh personal reasons but she's you know taking the time to to give us a call and it was a great conversation uh anything you guys want to say by way of introduction before we throw it to the tape no just a really really enjoyable interview uh learn learn some stuff uh for sure about what that job entails uh, how things are going and um, it seems like uh, it, it sounded good to me. Uh, I can only say that much. Stop listening to us and listen to Lucy Rushton. And on that note, Lucy Rushton, DC United General Manager and Head of Technical Recruitment and Analysis. Welcome to Filibuster. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, first time on the show, we've got to ask you this question. What are you drinking? I hate to be boring, but it's just it's just a cup of tea. I mean, I'm English, so yeah, I you know I'm always going to have a cup of tea nearby. But um, yeah, good old cup of tea, even in the heat, is good. Well, what's your, what's your go-to tea? Uh, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of tea fans who listen to this podcast as well. So, what's your go-to? PG He's tip. not even joking. PG tip. I'm a I'm, okay, a, I'm, I'm a southerner. I'm a southerner, so it is 100% PG tips like every day of the week. Yeah, none of this um, twinings or kind of um posh tea as i would call it i'm i'm a i'm a proper i'm a proper english girl good old pg tips well you're actually what, the what do first... you take it with oh just literally i have mine black sometimes I might have a little okay. bit of milk with it but yeah i just have mine just have mine go strong black great i think you are literally the first person we've had on the show associated directly with dc united who has not just had water so you are not being boring <laughs> you are you're treading new ground lucy well, I need I need the caffeine. That's the problem. 
I I hear that. <laughs> I mean, I'm slowly becoming I'm slowly becoming a coffee fan. So um, yeah, it's like the more caffeine, the better. There you go. So <laughs> to to jump into things, just to start, can you tell our listeners a little about yourself and and how you got to DC United? Yeah, geez, um, God, that's a long time ago. A long big story. Um, yeah, I'm originally from England. Um. So born and bred in, in a little place called Reading, which is kind of 40 minutes west of London. Um, and just grew up playing football and just loving football from the minute I could I could walk and talk and just played in the garden with my dad and brother. And um, yeah, from there on, football's just been my life and um, was kind of lucky enough to, to find my way into a degree um, that was involved in sports performance analysis, which, um, God, 15 years ago was pretty unheard of. So was very um, up and coming kind of um, career path. There was it really wasn't very kind of well kind of founded. Um, so there were opportunities because of that. Um, there were jobs starting to emerge, um, and it was kind of being recognised as something that football clubs were like, okay, we can analyse our our team and use video and data to provide feedback. Um, so I kind of just found my way in at pretty much the right time. Um, and uh, yeah, got my break after after doing my my master's degree in, in sports performance analysis, and uh, yeah, never looked back. I got my first job at Watford, kind of full time, um, and then moved on to my hometown, Reading, which was cool because yeah, I was a season ticket holder there, growing up as a kid, um, and you know I loved the club just as a from a personal kind of point of view. So to then be able to to work with the team and. Um, have the success that we did as well when I was there was was, was pretty special. Um, uh, and I was there a good eight years, I think. Um, and then the opportunity came up to, to come to come to MLS and uh, and I heard about Atlanta United and they were building, you know, this team from scratch, which is just an opportunity you never or very rarely get in football to actually be part of a, you know, part of an organisation like from the ground up, building a football team from scratch. So... Um, yeah, that excited me and um, obviously saw the stadium and the ambition of the club and um, yeah, kind of took a took a kind of hit on that and um, yeah, five years later then obviously got this opportunity with, with here at DC and again, it was it's the club, it's the, the owners, the staff here, the infrastructure, the ambition um, and the job role. Um, it was just a, a no-brainer for me to, to come here. So yeah, five years on from... from leaving and you know coming across the pond i find myself uh, a little closer to home i think although i think the flight time is still the same so yeah i feel i feel closer to home but actually it still takes the same time to get there so um yeah i'm slowly getting a little bit closer to england well, Lucy, it's interesting because uh, DC United fans have, uh, at least uh, ones of a certain vintage, have a special place in their heart for Reading because uh, Bobby Convey yeah. left uh, right. DC United to go to Reading, and it's it, it was one of the first times a DC United player went overseas. So a lot of uh, uh, DC United fans uh, of our age uh, do have a special place in their heart for uh, for Reading. Yeah, it's funny, and it's, it's funny you say that because my first year at Reading was Bobby Convey's, like, he was there for that first year I was there, so... Um, oh, wow. I, I, yeah, I got to got to know Bobby some, um, but also we had, um, we also had Marcus Hanneman as an American there as well. Yep, um, yep. So, yeah, we had a couple of, we had a couple of Americans, and I think that kind of allegiance of America is, was kind of there, 
even when I was at Redden, it was really nice. Um, so, yeah, Bobby's a, a good guy and a good pro. Uh, Lucy, I guess my, my first question, I'm curious about what the job has been like uh, since since you got hired by D.C., it's, you know, this new set of players under a new coach, now a new GM. Um, how much of the job is evaluating the players that are in place in terms of fitting the system and, and your vision for um, how how that can be best implemented and how much of it is more towards uh, future acquisitions? Yeah, sure. You know, we, we you know, the club has got a new coach as well in Ernan um, and mm. he's come in with new philosophies and new ideas and a new playing style and, I think the club is really in that period of change at the moment. Um, and with any new manager, there are going to be players that fit and players that don't. Um, and, you know, our job now really is is kind of working to build build on and, and kind of the foundations are already here, but, you know, just kind of rejiggle things a little bit so that we have the, the playing personnel that 100% suit the style of play that, that Ernan wants to play. Um, and anyone who's seen us play will know that that's, that's incredibly athletic. Um, mm-hmm. It's very demanding on the players physically. Um, and so, you know, we have to find players that, that are capable of meeting those demands, um, both in training and in games. Um, so it's somewhat, you know, with, with any manager, and I've been, you know, even when I was at Reading and we changed manager and the club was the same and the manager changed, the roster, the, the roster changes quite notably because every manager has a unique kind of player profile, I guess, that they're looking for so yeah there's going to be some change um obviously over the coming year or so um and uh we look just forward to to, to building say a, a building around the principles and philosophies that earn is set and that we now as a club want to be identified by you know we really want to have an identity whereby people turn up to a dc united game and they know what they're going to get they know the kind of game they're going to come to um because we have that we have that identity as a club and that's what we're trying to build here how deeply is that identity going to be ingrained? Because we know DC United has Loudoun United affiliated and then down into the academy. How do you push that identity uh, down through the ranks to the even the very early kids? Yeah, well, that that's key really to, to the success of, of that whole philosophy and that whole club identity because it is a, a club identity. It's not a first team mentality or identity. It needs to be our ethos as a club. Um, and because ultimately, you know, the, the kids we're recruiting at the academy level, are the, the kids that we're looking to say, right, we want you to be a first team player in three, four, five, six, seven years. Um, so that philosophy needs to be the same um, because we need to be making sure that we're coaching those kids in the same way that when they come to first team, the principles are the same. Um, we need to be recruiting players, again, that when they get to first team are going to be the right fit. So it really is a, a kind of top down. And, you know, we look to do that through Loudon and, and Ryan, um, our, our head coach for Loudon has been fantastic at, um, at really coaching his team in 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 the ethics and the the style of play that we want in the first team Um, and you see that with the Loudon games obviously the formation is it it mirrors the first team Um, so we're really trying to get players into that mindset of um, of playing the way that they could potentially play if they were to make it to the first team so um, yeah it's very it's a very club-wide thing that we need to from a scouting and recruitment and a coaching perspective need to be fully aligned throughout the club. When your hiring was was first announced, I, I went out and found old interviews you'd given and profiles that were written about you. One of the things that really stood out to me was that you kind of 
reject the premise that there's some dichotomy between analytics on the one hand and using your eyes and watching the games on the other. Can you talk about your position, like the how to balance those two and your process, mm-hmm. how you meld them together? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer that a combination of the both um, is, is, say, what is key to success. Um, I, you know, I'm an analyst, but I would never, ever try and sign a player or provide feedback on a player's performance based on data alone um just because to me the data only ever asks more questions than it gives answers so you really need to use it at that stage to to give yourself questions to ask but then to take that forward with the subjective which is what you're seeing um so for me the two marry up in 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 kind of two ways you can and there's no right or wrong what comes first chicken or egg but sometimes we use we use data to identify players um, through statistics, through going, okay, well, what are profiles and what KPIs are important? Um, and then that will give us a list of players. Then we'll go to the subjective and watch um, and see if those players do actually fit. The vice versa of that is the other way around, obviously, to, to subjectively watch players and then use data to see if the stats actually marry up to what we think we're seeing. Um, and so for me, it can be either way. Um, and we use it at different stages of the, the scouting and recruitment process um, in those different kind of concepts. Lucy, with with soccer being such a worldwide sport and, and potential being everywhere, what, what resources are you using to uh, identify players? Is it uh, your network, uh, system of scouts, uh, databases? Like what what all are you drawing on to uh, find all these players that, uh, that fit your criteria? Uh, yeah, again, it's a, it's a combination really of things. So we just brought in a director of scouting, Sean Howe. Um, so he has um, an extensive database of players, um, as does the Stu Mayers, who's our technical director here, and, and obviously Dave, uh, Dave Casper. So those guys have a fundamental base of, of player knowledge from from the games they watch and the, the hundreds of games they watch um, every month um, and the players that they just naturally go and scout. Um, so that's that's one way of kind of, say, filtering through and identifying and monitoring players. Um, the other way, because, say, those guys, are, you know, they can't watch every player in the world is, is to try and drive their attention to certain teams or certain players through data. Um, so through maybe using data to kind of go, okay, well, what teams play um, in a similar style or have similar philosophies to what we're trying to do? Um, because ultimately then you'd think that they're positionally, um, their profiles would be similar. Um, so we try and direct uh, the scouts as well in that way. And again, that's, that's through building kind of these statistical algorithms based on positional profiles um, and using key kind of data points that we think are important in each position to, to identify those. Um, so it's kind of various means. And, and, and even within the subjective scouting, you know, sometimes Sean and the guys will, will just watch a, a random game. Um, we'll just watch a game with no kind of, um, no kind of uh, foresight for any particular player. Um, at other times, they will be very definite in going, okay, I'm going to watch this player because, okay, maybe he's been given to me by an agent or a trusted source, or maybe the date has thrown him up, or maybe I've read a, a recent media article about him saying he's available. Um, so they'll watch the players for that specific reason. Um, so there's kind of very perspective and the objective um, in kind of, in, in say, profiling players and, and kind of viewing them in that way. 
So uh, kind of a, tan- uh, a tangent from that. Uh, are you able to watch soccer for fun or uh, is it only, is it like a <laughs> work thing on? and you do other things <laughs> for fun? Uh, yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I, I struggle to say to, to just watch football for fun now. Um, I'm always yeah. kind of thinking with a mindset of like, what players stand out or who could be good for us or what the quality of the team is and if they're worth watching again or oh this is a good league and should we maybe scout more heavily in this area you're always kind of switched on to your team and your needs and so it's difficult just to watch a game for the funness of watching a game like maybe like you know games like the champions league where you know you're looking at the, the the very elite clubs in the world where you know that okay i'm not i'm not scouting a player here for us um (laughs) but but you're always kind of switched on to thinking about your team and how we can do things differently or how we can do things better or what kind of player we might need and how they might benefit us. So it's kind of a forever switched on kind of mentality, which then makes, say, just watching on a Sunday afternoon in the in the back garden a bit difficult. <laughs> makes so you're sense. saying there's, there's no swoop for Christian Pulisic coming this summer? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lucy, I, I am curious because, you know, I think as fans and as media, people, I think, have assumptions of what the GM job at an MLS club looks like, um, especially here where, uh, you know, Dave has been making soccer decisions at the club for almost closer to two decades than one decade. Um, but I'm also sure that a lot of that is like the very, very tip of the iceberg and we're missing a whole lot of what's going on. Um, what misconceptions have you maybe encountered about what people think the job is versus what it actually is? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I think, I think, I mean, even me coming into it, you know, this is a new role for me. And so mm-hmm. to some extent, I'm still learning the, the, the ins and outs of the role. Um, and I will say that I think it's different at every club, um, especially in MLS, where you have you know, different kind of titles and different people in slightly different roles. And even in, in my relationships now with other other MLS clubs and people in my position, the day-to-days of each of those persons is quite different. Um, so, you know, with us, with, with having Dave here and myself, um, you know, Dave can very much now focus on, on the infrastructure of the club and things like the academy um, and Loudoun and how we kind of unite all three of these kind of organisations and parts of the club. Um, and things like facilities and the training ground and the community, um, it gives him the, oper- the the ability to kind of operate at that level more so that I can manage the day-to-days of, of working with Ernan and his coaching staff, um, making sure things are right from, from the day-to-day logistics of mm-hmm. the food we give the players, where we're going to train, what time we're going to train, um, the management of the squad, but obviously then obviously the scouting and recruitment of players as well. That is a a massive part of this role although I obviously lean heavily on our director of scouting and and our technical director for that as well mm. so this role really is kind of like um I feel like you you, you have your fingers in, in all different kind of areas of the club which is fantastic um and it can, kind of gives you that ability to to really influence things on all levels um say whether that be directly with with the first team roster management or or indirectly through you know, just helping helping your kit management team um, or your mm-hmm. data scientists or your performance analysts, making sure they have the tools that they need to do their job too. Um, so it really is kind of like that hybrid role. 
Um, but I'd say within our club, you know, with Dave here as well, it really gives us now the ability for him to, to focus on the bigger picture of the club and the organization too. You mentioned Dave, you alluded to Stuart Mayers there as well. And, and the new, uh, the newly hired director of, of scouting. How did you rate the, this kind of the infrastructure and the, the, what was going on in the front office when you arrived and what can happen to, to push it up to the next level? What's, what's in the works? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, it was, you know, part of the reason I came to the club was the caliber of people that they have here, um, especially in, in Dave um, and in Stuart and in, in Ernan, in the coach they hired. So um, those three in particular um, kind of, you know, as leaders um, at the club uh, really were, were kind of top draw. So that was a big kind of positive for me and coming in and seeing their experience and their their knowledge of, of the game and MLS and players and everything about the club has been fantastic. The, the staff here are, are top-notch. They really are. They're incredibly hardworking, but there's a real togetherness as well. We're a small staff. Um, you know, if I'm to say one thing that's different from Atlanta, it's the size of the the size of the organization and the size of the staff what i find here is that it's a a really tight-knit group of excellent individuals who are all working together and helping each other to to kind of drive forward um now one thing obviously i've, I've looked to do when i've come in is is build on that and bring in some new staff because we are light and you know you do have people who are doing a couple of different roles or or trying to invest their time in different areas and really for us to now develop and kick on going forwards we need to we need to give them some people some help um and basically just give people one one thing to focus on um and you know Stu's a great example of that and you know Stu's now able to really focus his time on Loudoun um as well as kind of looking after that pro development pathway group of players um, which we speak about the academy and Loudon players progressing to first team, um, and he can now really invest his time there, um, so that then Sean can can invest his time in the first team and bringing in players externally to complement that. So um, there's room to grow. Um, we've made say a couple of additions, and uh, I think those are going to be key pieces to us going forward. But what I do like about the club is is that it's not oversized and that there aren't 10 people in every department where it becomes so watered down and difficult at times to communicate. We're very tight knit and together. Uh, Lucy, you mentioned to us right before we got on that, um, you know, you've been, it's been kind of back and forth uh, since you've taken the job, but how, how have you taken to uh, DC and the regions in the time that you've had uh, to really get a feel for the place? Yeah, I mean, so I'm living in Reston at the moment in Virginia. Um, mm. I'll be honest, I, I haven't got out and about too much um, just because I've, I've been very uh, just into the job. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a it's a beautiful city. Um, the landscape is lovely. It's incredible how different it can be if you're in D.C. and then you go over to Loudoun, um, where you're then in the mountains almost. Um, yes. So the land, it's, it's fascinating how different the landscape is. Um, but I have to say, like, it's just struck me how like nicely built it is. Everything kind of looks new and modern and very cool and trendy and resting in particular seems to really kind of echo that. But um, yeah, the landscape's lovely and it seems like there's a good kind of, there's a good kind of family feel about it, which is something I like definitely. 
So uh, I, I think we'd re- be remiss if we didn't mention that you're only the second female general manager in MLS history and really the first to focus exclusively on the soccer side. Um, the club has obviously also hired Danita Johnson, the first uh, black woman to be uh, head of business operations, a president of business operations in the league. Um, the The organization was also very outspoken last summer after the murder of George Floyd. They, they painted, I can't breathe on the field with players and supporters. Um, I, I guess what I, I was looking for your thoughts on working for an organization that does have that kind of social uh, outlook uh, and feels like feels the responsibility to to speak on these matters. Yeah, I think it's incredibly important. Um, first and foremost, you know that, that a, a club with the, the stature that we have um, does support those kind of movements um, because you know we have the ability to influence people and to to do good in society and to make people maybe rethink and reconsider their values. Um, so I think it's incredibly important that we as an organization continue to do that. Um, and it was, it was similar in Atlanta. They had a very similar philosophy there. And I think you're seeing it throughout MLS that the league as a whole um, is supporting these motions and movements. And, you know, especially, you know, DC with, with the women now we're hiring. Um, I think it's, it's great to be at a club which is really um, being a kind of role model almost for, for other organisations and probably inspiring a lot of people. So for me, it's it's an honour to be a part of that. It really is. Well, we're very glad to have you. And before we let you go, I have to, I, I would get yelled at if I didn't give you the opportunity to make some news. <laughs> if there's anything you want to get off your chest or announce, you know, feel, <laughs> feel that freedom right now. <laughs> Good try. Um, uh, <laughs> No, I'm, I'm going to stay tight-lipped on this one. Um, I think we've, I think the fans can can see what's happening at the club. Um, we've got a few kind of little things up our sleeve that we're trying to do. Um, so I'll keep people guessing on that one for now. I'm, I've I've only been in the job a month. I don't want to lose it just yet. <laughs> well, we're we're all looking forward to see what you have cooking. Lucy Rushton, general manager and head of technical recruitment and analysis at DC United. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you again to Lucy Rushton for taking the time and and being as forthright as she was with us. Um, Again, I thought this was a a great conversation um, she had, and I'm really, really excited for her to be in this GM role at DC United. I'm excited to see what what she brings to the organization going forward. If you want to follow her on social media, she is at Lucy Rushton 12 on Twitter. If you want to follow us, you can do that at blackandredunited.com. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash filibuster if you want to support us financially. And uh, as a reward for those who do support us financially, they got early access to this episode. So if you want interviews like this uh, with about upcoming DC United opponents or with people from DC United, the team, the organization, uh, please consider donating to us on patreon um because you get that that early access you can also follow us on twitter at black and red U, at filibuster dcu for the podcast send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com um download subscribe rate review wherever you get your podcasts whatever your podcatcher app is we will be there um watching over you and giving you intel on dc united uh until next time for 
or also the thing I say every show, the nicest thing you can do for us is tell a friend about the show. That's that's a very nice thing. That's much less creepy than the last thing I said for Jason and Ben. We will talk to you again real soon. And thanks again to Lucy Rushton. Threw myself off completely. I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. I'm not going to watch over you. Uh, I don't want to do that. No, Adam is alone in that one. (laughs) You guys are slacking.